0: Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere. The Misfit Crew at South Fleet HQ is proud to bring you the Died Living Podcast.
1: Also worth noting that David Dolanave holds a world record for the most useless lifts known to man.
2: It's true. Actually, several, <sighs> I didn't even several know those were them. lifts. Yeah, but they're awesome.
1: No, they're super cool. I've I've played around with them in the garage mainly because I'm like I want to be a shadow of the man that David Delanavi is
3: so uh, Jeff for your conversational piece. David is a self-proclaimed feminist, skydiving, uh, <laughs> strength and conditioning coach. That's that's not even a, that's a fact, right? Self-proclaimed feminist, yeah, that's, that's true, That's accurate. All, all and, all. and it always sticks out. I'm like,
1: David's not a real feminist. Famed <laughs> internet white knight, Dave Delanova. You know,
2: I'm a feminist because I didn't tell those women that they were fucking psychos last night. Yeah. That, that's, it was
1: pretty good. Uh, I managed to sit in on a 300 plus comment thread that uh, was... <laughs> Don Quixote, Dave Delanave, jousting with
2: other people on the internet.
3: David Delanave actually named Softly too.
2: That little, is a little known fact. That's the true, the first true fact that's been said. You are a skydiver <laughs> and a strength
3: and conditioning coach <laughs> and, and a are, self-proclaimed feminist and
2: you
1: were engaged in very woke activities just last night. Uh, right, that's right. true. So Jeff, uh,
3: uh, is mean, a, a bun, former so Navy know. SEAL. Uh, multiple time guest speaker at NRA conventions and runs his own shooting school training company. I mean, training
2: company. Awesome. Yes. A
3: huge fan of honey buns and a big I, fan. I'm uh, really crushing a honey bun and a Coke right now. Jeff,
2: it, I do
0: not have Cokes.
3: Oh, David has the Coke. i yeah. subliminally messaged.
0: I see diet Coke. I mean, that's it, like, yeah. that was like that joke. You meant I, a fitness the, company the, about the, becoming a Ku Klux Klan member, but not having the balls. It's like, I want to lose weight, but I don't, really want to want to actually change anything.
1: I don't recall ever telling that joke. Jeff
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to I can neither confirm nor deny
1: such a statement was made on my behalf. Yeah, it's weird man. Navy seals are really good at telling stories (laughs)
0: made up shit
1: right (laughs) there. Uh. I was on the roof of the superdome (laughs) jesus (laughs)
2: No shit, there I
1: was. Well, all
3: right. Well, hopefully Brian deletes. We have an entire episode that we deleted.
1: We did not. We didn't delete it. We just it's archived. Yeah, it's archived.
0: Thank God, because there was some classic stuff on that one. Man, no, 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 not not yours.
1: yours. We have one that
3: (laughs) other was a company internal one that was total. It was the uh, best thing. It was completely unusable, and not for the (laughs) reasons that you probably suspect. Actually,
0: (laughs) oh my God. Anyway, so you guys were uh, intelligent
3: yeah we had to delete the intelligent podcast we did <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm ready i mean right. if, if, uh, well how's your
3: so, all right so we're going to kick this thing off starting now when brian listens to it jeff got into a car accident yesterday and how's
0: your neck feeling today jeff um not bad actually i don't feel it i don't feel in my neck it, it like i said it was one of these things where the guy in front of me did not move through the green light it was looking around his phone i'm sure and the guy behind me just saw the green light and just started to roll up and and i'm thinking i was I'm like oh my him, god you? do i just do i just leave the scene do i just go oh, it's fine it's good it's good that
2: shit'll buff out or do i kind of stick around so I stuck this is
1: when a moment where you immediately start drinking bourbon you get a neck brace out <laughs> <laughs> i don't
2: know what it is with car accidents you guys know aubrey marcus uh, we don't know we know who he is honestly, yeah. he got fucking wrecked in an accident recently yeah, oh yeah, really he yeah he's <laughs> shit got pretty pretty wrecked. Oh, man, dude.
3: (laughs) I I got into a uh, a weird uh, accident in training and felt fine the next day and then like a week later. It was like, why the fuck does my neck hurt so bad? Mm. Like I didn't know what was going on. It was my neck and upper back was just absolutely, you know, on fire tight and it was, you know, basically whiplash, but it was a week of delay, which was super weird.
0: Uh, just because so, you were just a you, superhuman and it took I, that long yeah, for it to affect you. It just
3: you. took that long. I'm, I'm s- my body well, is so slow that, long that, that it took the, a week the for alcohol the pain to, w- to work its way through your system. In. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you may feel like you got hit by a car in five days. Good luck with that.
0: Awesome. Yay.
3: So we've got David Delanave here. Is that how you pronounce That's how you yeah, pronounce that's it. I, I've, I'm still butchering Doug's name after being friends with him for the last half a decade. But sweater. Um,
2: Key sweater. K- sweater. Is it Casper?
1: It's Kiziveta. If we are going to be correct, the,
2: the, the Kaisiveta. <laughs> my, na- my name is actually
1: Douglas Van Helfenstein Kiziveta the Third. That is my whole Christian name. No one believes me until they see my military ID.
2: That's super impressive. <laughs> In fairness, nobody believes anything you say until they see proof of it for, and there is for proof, good reason. There is proof for, for everything I say that's, so that's probably that is the one
3: Doug's one redeeming quality is people are like man that guy seems like he's always full of shit, but the more you get to know Doug it checks not, out Yeah. Well, not only are his most unbelievable stories completely true, but it usually turns out that he actually downplayed some more ridiculous piece <laughs> of them <laughs> that you find yeah. out
1: later You only have to give a little bit of the truth. It's like when you talk to your wife about like, this girl I was talking to on the internet about things. <laughs> yeah, <Jesus. laughs> that's how it starts. Just a little
0: bit. It's just a little bit of what actually
1: is happening. We were discussing Deuteronomy, and then she showed me her boobs.
2: <laughs> so I he's hadn't... recording. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, right? yeah, no, we are. We are
3: in
1: the episode. <laughs> well, Doug would that, that that's going in the podcast. That's fine. Doug certainly yeah. certainly not any of your wives would have any <laughs> that knowledge of what this is like. I'm just saying mine does.
3: That's fair. Yeah. So I, was I doing intros? Yeah. So David Della is with us. He is mm-hmm. a skydiving weightlifting extraordinaire. Also, I have to say you are a self-proclaimed feminist. Is that still in your was it your LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. You had feminist on one of your profiles at one point in
2: time. That doesn't sound true. Was that Roman? I mean, I'm not, it may
3: I'm be I'm, Romanello that had it.
2: That makes more oh, sense. Huh? I mean, God. I'm not ashamed of it that. Like, I definitely been, identify as a feminist, but I don't I wouldn't put it in a bio.
3: It was Romanello. Mainly then.
1: just because that's cultural appropriation.
3: Well, so I
2: didn't I <laughs> have is it really cultural or is it more? I don't think it's cultural gender. Culture. Yeah, It's not. I'm just feminism is a culture. No, it's not.
1: It is. I don't definitely. think it is. No, I don't it's think not it's not a
2: culture. Really?
1: Nope. Man, I stand corrected. Yeah, Typically, like if Dave Delanave looks at me and shakes his head with authority <laughs> and says, no, that's wrong. I have to go. Well, I, you're I'm going to have to check I, my my sources I on that. <laughs> so
3: Jeff is a former seal. Is that the correct? Do you say ex seal or former seal? Is it former uh. seal?
0: I think it's most commonly used as former.
3: So Jeff was a former SEAL, now operates a training company out of Austin, Texas, right? That's right. Austin, Texas. Everybody knows who Doug is, and I'm Brent with SoftLead. So David is actually the guy who named SoftLead, came up with the name, however you want to say that. Friend of mine that I was asking, what the fuck do we call this thing? Came up with the the brilliant idea for it. (laughs) I think it's a great um, idea.
2: I think you wanted the domain soft athlete, and I was like, and it wasn't available. And you were yeah, like, was, what do I do? It I was do? taken,
3: but yeah. the, it was inactive. Like, yeah. The guy wasn't using it. It was like years old. Mm. And I was like, man. And then you're like, dude, this is a way better name anyway. Let's chop it up. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Well, the, the thing too was that like that was in briefs, like you are a special operations for, forces athlete. Like when you get done the operators course or in the operators course from RSOC ITC, it would, they'd be telling you like, these are the things you need to do to stay in shape and drink whole milk and all of these other things. So <laughs> like, well, if we're going to write workouts for these guys, we might as well call it this. Right.
2: So nice. yeah, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, it made sense, and a couple of years later, the name is probably the biggest failure that we've had in the company, so thanks, David. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's good to bear that burden on your shoulders.
3: Yeah. That's awesome. But he's visiting us for Friday Night Fights. Is it Friday Night Fights or Friday fights? Night Fights? Friday night fights right an on. event we're hosting at a local gym where we will be doing some exercising competitively, some grappling competitively and then also some not competitive grappling. So grown men in pajamas, you know, feeling each other up for a couple hours and women, grown women are allowed to come as well. No
1: I oh. I uh, have heard that I should be careful who I choose as my rolling partner so that I'm not embarrassed by competent females in pajamas.
3: Somebody's wife is coming that's like a... Yes. of fucking badass like a right? like a triple black star whatever it is that you get honestly
2: doug if you and i want to roll we can be the two most incompetent guys and then we'll be mm-hmm. safe
3: that'd be good because it's two really strong guys that have no <laughs> fucking clue what they're doing <laughs> <laughs>
2: literally so alan Shabaro.
1: i don't know if you know alan no. uh, jeff he's but, in texas too right yeah, he's in, in austin he's in mckinney Oh, he okay, runs, McKinney's north, yeah. Yeah, he runs Tier 1 training facility. It's no like kidding, a, yes,
4: yes, 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 yeah. yes. So,
1: Alan and I came in, like, Alan had been in the Army for a while. He was coming off the Drill Sergeant Trail, and we both met at Charlie Company, 2nd Battalion, 20th Special Forces Group, and Alan ended up transitioning from the Guard into B2-3, and he was a CRIF guy, uh, or SIF at the time, like a assaulter in SF, and... um. He runs his training facility now, and he's a very scary large dude, and when my wife and I were at her UNT graduation from grad school dude,
3: that downplays it. He is a six foot three (laughs) two hundred and seventy pound third degree black belt former green beret about his fucking terrifying. He's about to pick
1: up his fourth degree, and his hands have always been the size of like hams. Like it's like one of those, you know, (laughs) you shake a dude's hands and you're like, holy Holy shit, God, like you. I don't want this dude to slap me. (laughs) <laughs> this, is not, not, this guy would be automatically disqualified from seer instructor duties. Oh my God, but yeah, we went and rolled there and like my wife has developed a, a real like affinity for Jiu Jitsu and Alan right? being a Jiu Jitsu practitioner is like very against calling it Brazilian Jiu because Alan is not Brazilian. So he's like, it's not BJJ. It's just JJ and you're, you're like <laughs> Okay, and like <laughs> he's a very like he's a very intense dude as well. So like when he says things like that, you just kind of nod your head. And you're like, yes, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> um, but we're awesome. rolling, and I'm getting my ass handed me by a variety of people in his gym who are all seemingly very competent. And at a certain point, like during my third five minute round, when I feel like the world is collapsing in around me, I finally got dominance on a. On a uh, guy and got him a rear naked choke and made him tap and I was so proud of myself and Alan walks up and goes, "How do you feel choking out a fourteen year old boy?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, he's a big fourteen year old and I feel pretty fucking proud." And, <laughs> oh and uh, he's like, he just looks at me. He's like, "Disgusting." And <laughs> I was like, I was like, whatever. Being strong counts for something. <laughs>
0: You either have to be strong or fast.
1: One of the two.
3: Yeah, Doug is uh, oh, pretty God. mediocre at both. You're pretty fast now, though, aren't you, Doug?
1: Yeah. yeah I'm, You're like, I'm reasonably fast.
3: Big, fast guy.
1: Yeah, I mean. Like, or
3: fast for a big guy.
1: I've always been awkward. Like, I'm. I'm socially
3: I'm, and physically.
1: Not socially. Look at how yeah. warm I am. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an extrovert's extrovert. If I, if it was awkward, I wouldn't notice that's 100% <laughs> fact right Ex- there. Ex- exchanged
2: glances that can't be seen on the podcast. Yeah.
0: Oh God, that's awesome.
1: I'm oh. smart and I'm so anyway, that's wh- and God damn it. People <sighs> like me. <laughs> My people, jaws already no, hurt from Doug, laughing.
3: literally nobody likes you. They either love you or they absolutely hate you and for totally valid reasons every single time. <laughs> Anytime I meet somebody and they're like, oh, you know Doug Casswater or Keyswater or <laughs> <Kids mother> or, <laughs> or, or whatever the fuck they call it, I'm like, um, I know him. <laughs> How do you feel about him? And every time they're like, man, that dude's a real cocksucker, I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is Doug a real cocksucker? And every single time they tell me why, and I'm like, well, actually, that's totally valid. And Doug makes- would actually
1: say that that's valid as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, impervious to criticism. I feel as though if you have something negative to say about me, it often has merit. That doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean I'm going to change things about myself. So, Jeff, what's next
3: on the docket for you other than, you know, fixing your car?
1: Uh, well,
0: luckily, I don't have to do much there. I don't think I have to do anything, actually. Just take it in the shop. They'll get it all taken care of for me. Jeez, um, oh, man, it's almost the end of the year already. Uh, not Call much. When
3: you say it like that, it's depressing.
0: I,
2: I'm like...
3: No, it's only August, man. You're not even... We're
0: about ready to start September. It's like September this weekend.
3: That's true. Got another quarter, though, you know. (laughs) I feel like
2: if there's a quarter left, it's not almost over.
3: No. Almost over is like December. December 1st of the year is almost over.
2: Well, to me, this whole year has just been a blur.
3: Well, do you speed up training? Oh, you're indoors now, though. So So, do you you speed up training last quarter?
0: Yeah, so we will pick up. Um, even though I do train indoors here in Austin, it's, it's wonderful. I love it because during the summertime, it's just great. Uh, my, all my travel classes that we do, we suspend them during the summertime. So like June, July, and August, I don't travel. And then in September we kick it in. And then of course there's the end of year spending that goes down in October, which is just, it's always batshit crazy to try to manage that. And, you know, November and December are half months because of, for training anyways, because of all the yeah, holidays, it's so two I don't weeks, really get yeah. a lot. Don't really get a lot done there. So, yeah, this, as soon as we, as soon as September rolls around, before, I mean, it's going to be like, holy shit, the end of the year.
3: Yeah, I know nobody trains. I live in Arizona and nobody trains there in the summer. But the first shooting package I ever put on for like the public, it was a charity shooting package for Silent Warrior Foundation. And we, yeah. <clears throat> a couple of us, were, we were between, there's some reason we had to do this thing and like the literally it was the middle of July oh, in Phoenix. And so oh. range time range went hot at like 4 a.m. And by noon when we were wrapping up, it was, you know, 115, 120, degrees, whatever it was, some ridiculous temperature. This is crazy. Everybody really thought I was in, I was insane. I was like, no, like we'd just gotten back from Afghanistan. So it's like, no, this isn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll train in Phoenix in July. Luckily, like 15 or 20 guys showed up for this class so it wasn't just you know three dickheads out there in the burning sun shooting but um yeah basically life ceases to exist in phoenix in the summer it's like nobody goes out and does anything nobody's mountain biking but september 1st hits and you can't walk down a trail without you know stepping on somebody in front of you so
0: yeah i I mean i love the fall time i really look forward to the fall it's do you um, get a real
3: fall in austin though
0: Um, well, we really don't have, I mean, we have like two seasons, we have hot and hotter and that's really it. So for us, when like, uh, like I was telling my better half, when the temperatures at night drop to about maybe like at nine o'clock at 70, it's like 70 degrees. We're technically in fall. Yeah. When it's 70 degrees at nine o'clock at night, we have entered fall and we're still hovering at about like. Eighty-five, almost ninety, right now. So we oh, got wow. a, We've got a ways to go. <laughs> Man, yeah. we started I mean,
3: early in in Phoenix last week when I was home. It was like mid seventies, so it's, <sighs> it's nice, you know. You can go out on the back and light a fire and all that.
0: Um, I'm, I'm I love the that that time of the year, the the fall time. It's just uh, it's perfect, you know. At least here in the hill country, it's just it gets gorgeous. That you know, once the leaves start to fall and the trees all die, it's just it's awesome. Yeah. Well,
3: cool. So what's the first city on your list that you're going to be training in?
0: Actually, I'm going up to Springfield, Illinois. I'll be up in the uh, Midwest, I guess. Is that Midwest? I think it is. That's yeah. really sure. Yeah, That's Midwest. Firmly in the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. Going up there, uh, we'll do a concealed carry class. And then uh, from there, we go to Ohio. So I go to Ohio. Then I'll be in West Virginia after that. And then I'll finish my training year in california out in los angeles so do and you have,
3: stay on the road the whole time or do you just fly in no two I, oh
0: god yeah no i'll uh i uh, usually i will i have like one class a month on the okay. road and then i have like three government classes that i have to squeeze in between now and then as well because you know they want to get their money they want to they want to You know, even though it's end of year money, they they want to spend it like as soon as possible. So,
3: is that DoD or federal or both? Yeah, it's
0: all of them. We we've got um we got a little bit of everybody this year. We got I got three different three different groups. They're all they're all on the government side. Um, two of them are government, and one's DoD. So,
3: cool. Keeps me busy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, it is. It's good. I, I enjoy it. It's a it's a good way to kind of wind down the year, and then uh like once once December rolls in. I I won't pop back up on the grid until Shot Show, I'll be off.
4: Yeah, we
1: Ooh,
3: usually
0: SHOT skip show. that. Are
3: you yeah. going this year, Doug?
1: Bro, every year is another list of excuses where you're like, hey, "Are we going to go?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> 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 Nothing oh, good dude. can happen. Like Brent and I co-located in Las Vegas at the same time as the Adult Video Awards. That's it's what like that's wrong?
0: when the this, this the Shot Show is usually like. Usually, shot show goes from Tuesday until Friday, and the AVN—if you're really hip, you'll know it—as AVN yep, will start <laughs> on Wednesday of that week. They but all start rolling in.
3: Doug actually found out about shot show when he was in town for the AVN. <laughs> <and
0: bumped into, laughs> hey, this is Bumped into cool. a
3: former teammate. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, man? I haven't seen you <laughs> on not set." I'm here for the
1: guns. So it's not. As as someone who's now married, it's not uh, an easy sell to be like, hey, let me go hang out in the firearms industry where I'm known for sexualizing my interest in guns with short jean shorts and uh, go and go to Vegas for that. Well, when you put it like that,
0: <laughs> I'm not
2: sure I want to see that image in my head anymore. Oh,
3: bro, well, I'm going to gonna you. send you pictures.
1: You yeah. don't <laughs> have to
2: see it in your head. You can see it on your phone, on your laptop, oh on your TV. If
3: you Google gun bunny, are you the first link Doug?
2: That's actually a
0: <gasps> <accurate> question. <laughs> and Dave's,
3: Dave's, got his, Dave's got his <laughs> fact checker computer right here. Right
0: on. Check no, that shit not. now.
3: No, man. Oh, man. Dude, there was a bunch of links that Doug's articles are the first ones on like if you put punch in surfers and hippies, it's a soft articles. The first link
2: actually oh, technically, yes. Doug is on like the first. He's yeah, on the first page first of Google page, images, but it's not even like the jean shorts photo. It's that's just disappointing. the shirt. Oh, no, well, that's I think he's funny. in
3: jean shorts, but they're cut off. You can it's like just no, his shirt. No,
2: if I can't see it, it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah but if you,
3: if you punch it's in surfers just... and hippies, you'll see it's Doug's article is the first one
2: and
1: uh, special forces yoga. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow! No, not images. Is that, is that what we're calling pages. it these days?
1: No, I uh, I wrote yes. an article for Men's Health a while back about SF guys doing yoga and like the importance of like finding balance. And it's been uh, it's been a pretty big hit. What are you looking at with like so you're, you? I'm, you I'm have look, light I'm, in your eyes I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm looking up
2: surfers and hippies, and I don't see it,
3: dude. Okay. It's you're in images. images. Go to oh. go to web.
2: I thought you wanted images. So Jeff, we didn't uh, last time.
1: Last time we had you on, we didn't Mm -hmm. like we talked about like training methodology and a lot of other stuff, but we didn't we didn't have you on because I dropped the ball. (laughs)
0: It's okay, you can say it. I (laughs) fucked it up, but it's all good, man.
2: Jeff was not a tech guy when he was. I'm not, dude. I'm
0: not. I'm not a tech guy. That's for (laughs) sure. Uh, Radio
2: Oh, Jeff, I did a podcast with these guys like three months ago on bread, and we had to re record the entire thing because they fucked it up. Did they not hit
3: record? Ezki has not hit record a couple times. I,
2: I think I don't remember why it was. I, th- I think he recorded, but the audio was bad, and I was like, "Whatever, dude, we'll just redo it." Dave, what kind of bread did you bring? Sourdough. I'm pretty stoked. For oh this. wait,
1: the sourdough thing didn't uh, go
2: through. I remember when you recorded we it. We redid it, oh. uh, but it actually turned out better the second time. Anyway, it I usually does. That's usually rare. Does. <laughs> <laughs> How-
3: David, how often are you baking your own
2: bread specifically? The, why don't you let him talk? He's the guest. <laughs> You're a guest like, too.
1: You're co-guesting
2: uh, a couple times a week, maybe once, once or twice a week. Do
1: you keep a mother around?
2: Yeah, of course you have to oh my
1: god. Keep a what? It's around?
2: awesome, man. Do you burp it all the time? No, like, you, that's that's not a thing.
1: Don't you have to like get the you have to out? you have
2: to feed it, not burp it. Oh, yeah, I don't nice. know what burping is. Are
1: you familiar with any of this Jeff? Did you realize that your sourdough bread was created from a living organism?
0: Well, I kind of knew that. I knew that it had yes, but I um, I wasn't quite as versed in the bread making skill sets.
1: I'm married to a hippie. We had our child at home and I am familiar with it. Wait, hang on.
3: Did you guys really have your child at home? Yeah. Scout, Scout was born. Scout Emma. was a
1: home birth with no painkillers.
3: Midwife. Yep. Yeah, we started no that way too, first one, dude. That's fucking legit.
1: And then I fried up a nice placenta omelet after fuck off. Yeah, it's delicious. You're fucking with
2: me. <laughs> this and is I, one of those situations I, where you think he's lying, <laughs> but I bet he's not.
1: <laughs> You're fucking with me. Uh, I was unwilling to do such a thing until I went to one of the midwife like um doula, you know, like birthing classes and I realized that all the dudes in the class were unit dudes and they were like, Yeah, I'm gonna do that for real. And I was like, well then maybe <laughs> maybe I need to do it too. I was like, if these guys are doing it, then it must be cool. You straight up ate the placenta. Yeah. And then we, we used most of it. We ground it up and dried it and uh then like Kim took it as mood balancing pills for a long time. Did it, it work? Really Bro,
3: dude my wife has our terrible <laughs> she gags <laughs> at the thought of gross things like that. All I am about to gag right
1: now <laughs> <of laughs> eating yeah. a fucking placenta. The placenta is beautiful. It is a representation of life. I don't understand what would be disgusting about that. I think game. it
2: explains Doug's strength and stamina, though. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the moment. Bucks up. Yeah. I absorbed yeah. the spirit. The latest softly supplement is going to be placenta. <laughs> Dude, this oh, is fucking with me God. now. I
3: don't know that I'll ever look at <laughs> Scout the same way. <laughs>
2: The best that's, part is
3: David's or David's the Doug's daughter.
1: There's all of these memes that like, you know, like it's like daddy, how, where did I come from? And it's like the, the totally inappropriate porn shots and whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure there was a belt around Kim's neck or something. At some <laughs> oh, point. <geez>. oh God.
3: <laughs> I'm not sure what is worse. You saying that or you having admitted to eating the placenta? I mean,
1: I'm pretty in touch with that. All right.
3: So I want to hear about this. Were, did you
1: take part in delivering scout? I did. What part did you the t- entire thing? The entire the entire deal It's actually funny. Uh, I she didn't Doug did c- perform the c-section. I did not catch the baby. I did clamp the cord. Wow. Um, my sister-in-law was there and wanted to catch the baby because she was you know like very into this whole thing and me. I was like I was not trying to catch the um, I'm trying to mull over how to say this, but I would uh, I feel as though I would feel somewhat inadequate if I saw the void left behind by an eight pound child. (laughs) 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 So I was very content with like I did a lot of shoulder rubbing and hip opening, but I mean, yeah, Uh, Kim wanted to do a water delivery, but the warm water slowed down her contractions enough that it was basically like the midwife was like, hey, check it out. You can get out of the fucking tub and you can have this baby or you can lay here in this tub and think about it for like another eight hours. But the baby's not coming unless you stand up and come and like, you know, squat down. And so she got on a birthing stool, which is like a U shaped birthing stool. stool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she hung from like a piece of fabric that was hung from the door and she like uh, pushed a little bit and boop there's scout.
2: That's amazing.
3: This sounds like a Quentin Tarantino film to me and then you cooked up the placenta.
1: This, you know, cooking up the placenta thing isn't as weird as it sounds. Dude, it's (laughs) it, it
0: is at least as weird as it sounds. So like we had planned on doing something similar we had we had done that and my, unfortunately my, my first, both both boys came premature very premature and um, my my ex-wife had an abruption with the first one Ooh. and she we lived up in Prescott Arizona so they didn't have a neonatal unit at the local hospital so she had to get medevaced all the way down to Phoenix good god and this happened middle of the night yeah dude i'm
1: sure that's scary too huh oh
0: dude i mean you want to talk about somebody y- yes having zero control and going into that for, I, I, I mean, we literally were just putting up the shelves in the bed in the in the, the the baby room. I mean, we just literally had got it done, painted, and now we're just hanging shelves. And that evening is when it happened. So I had to pack up a bunch of crap. We didn't even have stuff ready for the hospital. Drove down there. She was in the NICU for, or I'm sorry, she was in the uh, hospital for three or four days because they were trying to stall the pregnancy because she was so premature, or the birth, I should say. Yeah. And when they finally were like, okay. They, I mean, those, those meds that they use to stall is, oh my God, jeez, that's like legitimate torture right there. Yeah I can you know, when I, imagine. when I think, when I think of the Steven Seagal, you know, above the law, when he gives, he shoots those guys up and they get all kind of freaky up. That's kind of what I think about when I, when I remember back to what my ex-wife was going through. Um, so then finally they're like, okay, we're just going to let nature run its course, see what happens. And I'm like, we're, we're like, we're good with that. Cause I mean, this is killing her almost. And so they finally were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to move her into the delivery room. And I'm like, great, this is a good sign. First of all, they didn't know how to turn the lights on in the delivery room. Dude, that's awesome. Bad sign number Dude, one. Dude, I had to go, yeah, I went in there. N- not only that, they didn't know how to work the actual, that contraption chair that has all those, you know, it's like the, the, the best uh, lounger that you could ever have in your house. Total, but if you don't totally know how to use chair. it. Yeah, they didn't know how to use it. This is what I had to do. I had to take the trash can out of the corner of the delivery room. And prop it underneath the, the the back part so that she could lean up because they didn't know how to work the fucking chair. Dude, so that, that's that, that. This is all going really well, by the way. So we're, I'm just like I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, you guys all work here, right?
1: Are we are we prepared? <laughs> to enter are we ball? really ready for this? You know the black no the black hole that is modern medicine. Oh my god!
0: It just story. and it went it it got worse from there. I mean, and finally the doctor got there and he had an intern that was with him and I'm like, who are you? Oh yeah, no, you go over there. <laughs> Doctor, you come up here. We've had enough shit in our plate right now. And, you know, I was very adamant about that, like to the point where, yeah. Geez,
3: you got
1: escorted
0: do, from the building. You're going to do this one way
1: or another. <laughs> as <laughs> Just as, as Jeff pulls out his 1911. John. And Q. holds but the a, doctor at gunpoint. It's
3: Arizona, so the doctor's like, I got mine too, motherfucker.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I got two, bitch. No, but, but um, it, it, you know, once the delivery was done, unfortunately, uh, my oldest was in the NICU for like, oh, man, like 28 days. And that was rough.
1: Dude, that's that's tough, bro.
0: It was not easy. Uh, and what's so funny was as soon as as soon as he came out, it's so funny because we're talking about this. I never got a chance to see a lot of that stuff either because I'm like right there doing the same thing you were doing. Yeah, you're and like, then uh, and trying then a, to
1: be involved so that you don't pay the piper later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like and there I was in the they're, pictures. They're, I promise.
0: The, the funny thing was is like as soon as as soon as he was born, the like they had the all the other doctors that were there to handle the baby, and I'm like. Who are you, and where are you going with my kid? And they're like, "Wow, this is all procedure. This is all procedure." I'm like, "Okay, good. Well, I'm going with you." Like, oh, well, this is procedure. I'm like, "Good. Well, I'm going with you." And I turned to my wife, and I said, "Okay." Her mom was here. I was like, "Okay, you're staying here with her. I'm going with the kid. I'm not leaving the kid out of my sight. Not this is not happening. I'm, I'm going after
1: five W with them."
0: <laughs> I literally, and I remember, I'm like, like working PPO. I'm like moving the doors, doing all. This, where are we going? What, what direction are we going? Who's going to be in there? I need to know all this stuff. And this poor doctor, she's like, it's your first kid, isn't it? And I'm like, is it that obvious? So I we, mean,
1: like, it's not even fair to say that, right? Like, it's yeah, not. Dude, it's your you first no kid, idea. but there's, there's a lot of, like, complications going on dude. that you expect you to want yeah. to be more involved, right? It and was know, crazy. Like, like, we only started to consider home birth as an option because my sister in law had um, a child right before. Scout was born, and um, my sister or my Jesus, my wife was there for the delivery. Yeah, <laughs> same Ooh. thing. My wife was there for the delivery and um, she like Kim's not your sister, right? No, Just she's to clarify. not my okay. sister. Um, yeah, but like she was there for the whole delivery process and it was like it was really kind of shocking man. There was a bunch of complications. Um, the doctor never showed up for the entire Jeez. like 95% of the delivery the doctor was actually asleep in a room and so the attending physician was yes. had basically left strict instructions not to get him until it was time to actually do you know
2: the Just delivery, the blowing the smoke in yep. the baby's face,
1: <laughs> and so like the RNs and, and the the um, nurse practitioners <laughs> were uh, the nurse practitioner and the RNs were all there and they were helping. But you know at a certain point it's like man, there's a lot of complications going on, dude, and the doc's not showing up. And finally the doc shows up. is like, why oh, I can't believe you called me this early, you know. And <sighs> to me, I see most like, and and I mean, I don't care if a uh, if a a doctor of delivery. <laughs> an OBGYN wants to come and fight me here. We can have. We can do that. We can schedule it to come to Friday Night Lights. <laughs> fights, I have a very low opinion of a majority of like actually attending physicians in that they look at delivery as kind of like maintenance on a mid level Asian, like an import car, like you know, like hey man, we know what we know what this part is. We know what that part is right. Like we can we can fix this. I know how to do a c-section. I know like where to cut and I know what to do to get the baby out and like I would rather do a c-section because it's faster. Like I'm in I cut the baby out. I stitch you up and I'm out and like the complications that come with that. It's serious. We have, we have like the highest infant mortality rate in the developed world in the United States. And it's, I mean, we think we have a lock on healthcare, but the reality is like, if Dude, you look is, at that, it, is that a
3: health, what is the issue with that? Is it practice or is it just I think lack it's of a, healthcare? I think it's a lot, a lot
0: of things to be honest. I mean, I saw firsthand how crazy that was. And, and I, I sympathize with you too on that, Doug, because like our doctor, like I'm, I was like, Hey, somebody, we need to have some consistency, some, some continuity here because I'm getting this I'm getting word from over here. I'm getting word from over here. Word. It was just really crazy for a while there.
1: Let me just look at your sheet. What does it say? Yeah. Oh yeah, now I'm your doctor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's like great, awesome. Who are you again? You know, and, and I, we were pissed. I mean, this whole that whole experience was was traumatizing because obviously um, the older one was in in that NICU for a long time, and it was horrible because we lived, we lived up in Prescott. We're down in Phoenix, so we uh, one of the. The, one of the few charities that I am still an adamant supporter of is the Ronald McDonald house. And they supported us through that entire period while we were there for both my first one and my second uh, child that was born. Cause we had to stay back down in Phoenix again for the second one is he also came premature and that was just rush. I mean, it was rude. We, uh, that whole time period there's, it, you know, you do a lot of soul searching in that sense. I remember I was sitting there watching them take him off and wondering if, you know, like what's going on. Cause they really don't tell you about anything. It's like, okay, if you're going to run off and do stuff, at least give me a heads up on what's going on. I understand I'm just a, I'm a mere like little down here, a little, little human being, and you're a doctor way up here. But how about just sharing a little bit of that information so you can balance my anxiety so that I don't rip your head off. I'm just saying, it's just an option.
1: Yeah, man. It's, it definitely left a sour taste in yeah. my wife's mouth. And she started to do a lot of research about like birthing in general cuz she was she was pregnant <laughs> so it was like uh well we're we're full on like we're sprinting towards the goal line at this point and you know like don't really have a lot of options like um can reconsidering having a baby now <laughs> and mm. the OBGYN that we had was I mean, for lack of a better word, just really brusque, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you go in and you have your well woman's appointment and the dude's sticking his hand in your vagina, but like he doesn't say a word to you. Just kind of comes in, (laughs) looks at your sheet, rams up to his forearm. writes writes a couple <laughs> notes down and leaves and then the nurse practitioner shows up and is like well everything seems to be in order and you're like well wh- why didn't you just fist my wife yeah, and they, instead they of that guy the, they do all the <laughs>
2: like actual work yeah
1: so i mean like i think at that point kim really started looking at what the midwifing process looked like and uh, options which north carolina has a lot of very strict regulations it's not yeah. pro midwife state um, yeah midwives have to practice underneath a doctor and no doctors really want no, to sign off on they the really not for a midwife cuz you know they they don't view them as they don't you know, People capable Dude, of birthing a
0: kid. When,
3: well, I mean, people have been figuring that out for a long
0: time. It was, a whole it was lot embarrassing to watch how the doctor treated our midwife when we were at the hospital. Like, I literally walked up to our midwife. She was excused from the from the hospital room, even though she was there on our behalf. The doctor was like, "Who's this? No, she can't be in here. No, no." But I'm it's sorry. funny
1: because they're licensed, man. Well, like they, it's uh, like they have as they have a better grasp of well woman care than than most doctors because doctors don't. That's not their focus, right? Yeah. Well, like, she
0: was. I, I give. I give that lady props because she was very very gracious about the whole thing she's like this happens all the time and i'm like really i mean that like like this she's like oh actually that was not bad I've had I've had <laughs> doctors before that have just just been just so condescending with their attitude towards me the and, and what I do that it's it's like yeah.
1: Well, it's funny you talked to a lot of doctors and they're just like man midwives are witch witch doctors you yeah. know and you're like
0: well,
4: I mean
1: there's definitely some interesting practices in the midwifing world like I mean yeah you know, hey I'm gonna burn some sage before this birth and you're like oh god yeah but how much is that
3: like they think it's working versus them just distracting her from the fact that she's about to push an eight pound child out of her vagina. Well, like, I mean, it's like the round stone Indian thing. If you
1: have a moment and you're bored, you should look at the business of being born. I, I realize that modern documentaries all have an agenda and they're like how to convince you that something is bad. Of right? course. Yeah, but uh, the business of being born, I thought really opened my eyes to modern birthing in the sense that like, you know, the Pitocin, like the, the side oh, effects God. of the Pitocin yes. and then, you know, the, um, oh, I'm going to show my ignorance right now. Um, when they give you the shot the epidural, mm. like the, the combination of the epidural and the Pitocin is such that it actually makes the pregnancy longer and less comfortable. Oh, like, it does. Know, yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to alleviate the discomfort, but it's just prolonging the inevitable, right? Yep. So it's it was, kinda, it was terrible.
0: Yeah. We yeah. finally were like, we were like, all right, we're ringing out on this, on the Pitocin. Cause it was just, it was horrible. I mean, it affects everybody a little different. Obviously all meds do, but uh, it was very, very harsh. It was very harsh. I mean, I, I'm watching this happen and you're powerless to do anything about it. All you can do is just kind of like say kind things and make sure there's a plenty of cups of ice. Cause that's all that she could have. Of ice. Bro, like
1: I, I always every, every time I'm around a birth now, like whether it's in the third world or here and I'm like, all I can picture is like all those like old prairie times like get the hot water and then you're like, this is how my wife died in childbirth.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, we could go super deep down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> it's a good example if you think about how long we've been birthing people, and and those practices that you might kind of think of as woo, like how old and how much knowledge is actually wrapped up in them, and then you look at sort of like the Western medicine approach to it is incredibly novel. I mean, it's basically, what are we gonna say, like maybe, at most hundred years of medicine where well,
1: your catalytic converters bad. So we're going to cut it out. Yeah, and we're right, gonna replace no, well, it. <laughs> well, it really it really is though yeah. and,
2: like your analogy of like the the import automobile is not that far off and it's a really like statistical approach like well, you know, 70% yes. chance that it's this. So that's how we're going to infer and they don't really look at the big picture in the whole body and those those old, you know, woo practices actually do encompass a ton of old 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 knowledge that incorporates a lot of things that maybe we can't parse out in the western kind of statistical way but it's super valuable
0: there's well actually there's a great point that you mentioned because i can make a corollary between what you talk about like statistics like they're going for and and you can't really blame them because they're they're just playing the numbers or it's a numbers game at a certain point and we see that same kind of philosophy in the defensive world where people are playing numbers they're like well most 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 everything's going to happen like this. And this is, this is what I can expect for my scripted gunfight that I'm going to have. You know, there's there's this kind of percentages, numbers. I'm going to be at this close range. I'm going to fire this many rounds. And it's going to happen at this time of day. Because statistically, that's what it said. And I always caution people about whenever you bring statistics into things, number one is most of the time statistics are always generated generated around an agenda. There's always going to be a, a reason for why they're collecting these statistics is because we are trying to prove or disprove something. And then the second thing is that unless it absolutely has like a lot of these, like, and not, in, I'm not talking about medicine. I'm talking about more in the, in the shooting world these days. Oh, I know
1: what you're doing. You're closing the circle and I love it. This is the <laughs> best ever. Like I was about to be like, who thought we'd have this podcast and Jeff and I, I was and literally would...
3: thinking about Aaron's like listening to this and then doing his intro. Like Jeff Gonzalez comes on and talks about Doug eating a placenta. <laughs>
1: And then, it's out a of great, nowhere, lead. It's Jeff a great lead. loops us back. The ADD power.
2: Yeah, don't worry. Hey, let's <laughs> so, circle so back. So allowing him to continue. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so, I mean, the problem with those statistics is that you will always be, like, number one in the shooting world, those statistics are very, very narrow in definition. Like, what I, I hate to say this, but there is something to be said about, you know, the unknown. Not knowing what the hell you're going to expect. And rather than try to predict what you're going to expect, try to at least be well-rounded and uh, able to take on kind of anything. It's kind of like our motto. Like, you know, we don't know what we're going to get into, so we're just going to master We're not going to master them, but we're going, to, we're going to attempt to master all these different scenarios so that we can hopefully find one that fits into this narrow niche that we're going to be heading into. So I, I like when you say, when you start talking about numbers, it really kind of, my hackles go up because so many people in the shooting industry try to use numbers to help define their agenda rather than actually, and they, they, don't, they don't understand the scientific process of actually doing statistical analysis. But they still... That's tra- such
2: a great insight. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's perfect.
0: It is. It's, it sucks because, I mean, I don't, I don't understand statistical analysis. I can't even say the word without stuttering. So it's, it's one of those things that bothers me. So, man, as soon as you hit that, I was like... ooh. ooh. It's a good segue. You
1: number one, be,
2: but number two, you gotta
1: know you can make them damn numbers say whatever you want them to say. It's well, so true. So the
2: point of a ag- the point of agendas is really interesting, right? And so there's there's multiple things there. There's the agenda that you use to come up with those you know numbers that say whatever. And then there's also the approach and the method and the motivations behind all of that. So like we go back to medicine and like the approaches that we've used for how long have humans been around? Like at a, 55,000 years or something like that. It depends on uh,
3: 6,000 according to the oldest, right? Yeah.
2: So the the approaches there for birthing kind of take into account like we want this birth to go well and, and that takes into account everything and modern medicines approach. Let's be honest is what you're saying, Doug. It's probably motivated by a lot of money. Oh, like they need it to go well, but it's motivated by money and that's why they do a lot of the things they do or
1: streamlining right like I mean it's the same thing in, it's the same thing in the firearms industry where you guys I mean not you specifically Jeff like I think that we as a as a company have tried to gravitate towards like real ass fundamentals guys right like hey I'm going to teach you some things that you're going to be able to use as opposed to like the hype and the fear and like I'm not yeah. I'm not teaching you to take down a terror cell and knock a knock a tower, whatever. <laughs> <No, laughs> Tell Check, check tower. his citizenship right now. Check his you citizenship. Saw, you right saw now. that uh, John McClane died the other day, right? Excuse me. <laughs> Jesus. <dude. laughs> is <that> too soon. <laughs> well, the flags aren't half mass anymore. So oh, that was a double zinger that I got in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on with your point. <laughs> yeah, the point is, though, that like I think a lot of uh, what what people want is they want to they want to feel like they can take on the world right like i want to i want to be able to do 50 to 1 kill ratios and you're like yo bro like the reality is unless you have the element of surprise and a whole hell of a lot of training and firepower a 1 to 1 ratio is pretty fucking scary yeah it is <laughs> and, it's
0: really scary and it's and, it's it's always going to be scary because we are going to be in the reactionary mode whereas the bad guys you know it's so funny to shift from like real world operational sense to just you know, your everyday living because you shift from a offensive mindset that we typically are always in to a defensive mindset which predominantly has a reactionary component to it. So we're always going to be reacting. It's not like you're, you know what, all right, this dude he's going down. It's just how things happen. So
3: Unless you pick fights in a parking lot, then you can be offensive as shit.
0: That is true.
1: I saw an old boy pushing his old lady around, and I figured I'd insert myself into their <laughs> domestic dispute. That's how I caught rat shot to the, the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. But, yep. um, and I deserved every pellet. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's very frustrating because I, I think a lot of people, particularly these days, are enamored by their performance in gameplay mode i've literally had people tell me wow i thought this was going to be easier i'm like what do you mean it's like yeah I'm, i i kill it on you know my playstation i'm like did you just bring <laughs> a playstation did you just use that as a
1: justification I were, for how you were referencing like competitive shooting and no like, oh well no. this is something for us to talk about because <laughs> i feel like competitive shooting is the best way to set yourself up for success in like a tactical sense too well but no you meant
2: playstation yes <laughs> i literally have had that <laughs>
0: happen a little different i'm not kidding you at least let's see probably about three times somebody has come up to me and go, you know, this is a lot harder, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you're getting it. You know, you just gotta be patient. It'll come. It's like, no man, but I mean, I, I kill it on the, on the PlayStation or, or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, like the first time somebody said that, I literally thought he was fucking with me. Like, what do you mean? He's like, like no, I'm like joke, on right? my, whatever my, fucking you know killer commando video game i'm like like a 50 to 1 kill ratio and i'm like well i don't know if that's good or bad but um yeah dude that's not how this works in real life
1: (laughs) you also can't jump 30 feet in the air maybe you can't but david can
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's frustrating it's frustrating but it's also you know i think a lot of times after people after people kind of get past that the 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 surface if you will uh then usually things kind of they get a little bit easier.
3: So do you use any type of statistical analysis in your classes and what you're doing, or are you just kind of taking that out of it and Uh, giving people the skills as best you can and letting them apply it as they need?
0: I feel much better at trying to create a more well-rounded shooter than trying to create a specialist, somebody that specializes in one thing. Like they're really good at the three yard line or they're really good at whatever, you know, they're really good at doing this uh, El Presidente drill. I'd rather than be I'd rather them be, uh, be well rounded and manage and be able to manage because one of the things that we and, and it's the same way in the special operations community, we're looking to build resiliency. We want somebody to be able to be dropped in no matter what and they manage it all, you know, they manage it without any fanfare. That's kind of like the same approach that we have in the shooting world, at least from from my perspective. So that means that they have to work hard. And that's where we we kind of sep- separate the wheat from the chaff, people that want to work hard versus people that just want it right then and there. And you, you can see it pretty quickly because the frustration level, like I tell people on day one, listen, the first thing that I need to tell you is that you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed. You're probably going to be pissed off because things are not going to go really as well as you were expecting them to go right away. It's going to take some time. And so one of the biggest obstacles to um, continued education for the shooting world is when people get that level of frustration. They're, they're disappointed because it didn't work out quite as well as they wanted. So I have to manage that early on so that by the time you know, day two of a two day class comes in, folks feel like, Oh, I, you know, all right, I'm not going to get it done in two days, but I can see that it's achievable. I just got to keep working at it kind of thing. The only thing I use statistics. Yeah. The only time I'll use statistics is if it's already stated statistics from a reliable source, like uh, probably the single, the only one that I really, really use is like the FBI's uh, terminal ballistics testing. That's pretty, pretty fine. Yeah. The
1: FBI's numbers are usually pretty good. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I, You know it's it's actually funny to me how rarely people who have an agenda in the firearms industry actually quote the FBI's numbers because the FBI's numbers do not support like a large majority of the suppositions of the Second Amendment crew
2: well, why do you think they might not quote them then I like where I mean there there was I was reading something this morning I actually it's
0: so funny you mentioned that. It was like a report. It, I've I've read this report before, but it's finally it's recirculated in somebody's feed and they posted it up. And it was talking about mass shootings and how a uh, an armed populace is a great deterrent towards mass shootings. And it's, so obviously that that study that they released is very pro two A. And so people the anti two A community is losing their minds over this because it comes from you know the quintessential lead fire. Um, police agency in the in the country. Saying, oh, it, was the
3: FBI. it was an FBI study.
0: Yeah, it was. It was funny. Oh, wow. I think I, I you, actually probably what, hang on. Let you know me see.
1: Heesky, do you know what Heesky proposes is the greatest deterrent to mass shootings? What's that? Lowered lead levels in water. <laughs> is he dead serious? <laughs> yeah, he's <Heesky, Heesky laughs> thinks that the the lowered crime rates of the 90s is not in any direct correlation to like gun control changes one way or another but in the fact that like we as a society have gone to greater lengths to try to control heavy metals in the water which is actually one of the number one, like we talked about in a podcast before where it's like like lead is lead contamination is one of the biggest contributors to like hyper aggressive behavior. Oh wow. Yeah. So like getting rid of lead has actually lowered the incidence of violent acts, but that places like Flint, Michigan, like (laughs) Places that are super super violent in America yeah. have not addressed heavy metals in the water. Wow,
2: and that, that's, I don't know. I don't man. know that I, that's, that's a that's, cause yeah, effect. There's right? a correlation like a there, here, yeah. probably. I mean, yeah. it's a we. You you find firefighters at a lot of fires. There's a uh, surprise. These are the things that's that are going to get
1: you in trouble on in the internet, Dave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't be being all rational like that. That's just that's but That's I mean it does. It,
3: there's I, I like hearing Hiski's arguments though, because no matter how outlandish or against the norm, they may be. They're usually very well thought out. At sure. least he argues them
2: well. Yeah, oh, there have the, been very long reddit threads on them. I, <laughs> exactly <laughs> does love reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oof. man, but I think there's yeah. there's uh,
1: there's definitely I, I can we we'll we'll segue into an unpopular subject then? Please. Like as a Texan, oh. you are very familiar with what appear to be very uh, lenient gun rights.
3: No, they're not. They're not actually there. that lenient. Texas. No, Texas
1: is not that lenient on gun rights. I mean,
0: um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you use as
1: a reference. Like what's well, a we, shall be issued handgun, like a concealed yeah. carry permit. Dude, right? we
0: there's a seven million licensed to carry holders in the country right now and over but a there's million not. Of but them Texas, are in Texas is not
1: open and Texas is an open carry legal
0: uh, just recently as of 2016. Yeah, they, they oh, just changed it. it.
1: Yeah, you, okay. yeah, you can now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, then Texas is well that was becoming, weird to
3: me because in Texas, like I, I have been to Texas throughout points of my life to include when open carry was not legal, yeah. but I felt like you saw people still doing it just in places you don't see it in a lot of states that it was legal. Like it was uh, in like more rural towns, some dudes, well, you Well, know. so,
0: yeah, I mean, it just depends. Like, in, we are still very rural, obviously, a lot of land space and whatnot. So that was one of the reasons why Open Carry was uh, popular is because people working on a farm or a ranch wanted to be able to be armed without having to worry about being concealed so that but was i always
1: had a truck gun yeah like growing up on a ranch in texas yeah. right like for me it's yeah. always like i'd rather have a rifle than a pistol anyway yeah. it's
2: like common sense doesn't every truck in texas come with a truck gun i like, mean yeah, i think might, it's a state law they, they just install it at <laughs> now, the dealership well
0: because the things have changed so now it's either a truck gun or you can have a pistol caliber curbing now too that's Oh yeah, you nice. Okay, yeah. So if
1: you look at, uh, but I mean like if you look at, uh, I think it's funny, right? Like this, like in my estimation, one of the saltiest dudes in the firearms training sector is Clint Smith. Oh fuck. Yeah. Man. I love Clint dude. Like that's the fucking, the toughest old Marine of all time. Yeah. Right. And Clint will just straight up be like, I don't trust like how many, he's like, how many of your friends do you trust to carry a gun behind you in a dark hallway? <laughs> fucking none of them. <laughs> he's like he's like I don't I don't trust 99% of the people I know to carry a gun behind me. He's like so you want those same people carrying guns around, yeah. you know, like willy nilly like I'm like man. Clint Smith well, that, is that's onto something. Well, that's the the real true.
3: debate of anybody who has practiced carrying a gun writ large or like has a lot of a firearms experience. You could be the like I'm super pro 2 a as far as the reason it was written and all this stuff. Me, me as in well in theory,
1: <laughs> but when I go to a
3: shooting range, I'm like what the fuck is wrong with all well, of these. And, people? and it's funny yeah.
1: because most of the people without any sort of real formal training are super judgy of professionals at arms who say things like Hey man, maybe we should do some more training. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like,
0: all you, if you guys, if I can get you down and check
1: out our baffles in our indoor range, it, it's it's bad. A lot of lot of lot of ceiling strikes. Yeah, we're I mean, out shit. there <laughs> doing we, some doing got, some point. So here's the
0: problem. But you're absolutely right because I mean, in, like Texas has a unique a, a unique approach towards the license to carry because we're one of the few states that has. A shooting test that has a required par time for each of the stages. So not only do you have to meet an accuracy. standard. Oh, on the standard,
3: CCW test, it's actually a par time.
0: Yeah, that not only do you oh, have wow. to meet an accuracy standard, but you have to meet it within a time standard as well. So, you know, Texas recognizes that, and I think they've they're very progressive in how they do it. Now, that's a good and a bad thing. It's good in the sense that what the the government within Texas wants to make sure that if you're going to carry firearm, that you're at least safe. Number one, and then Preferably, number two, you're competent. So that's what the test is for. And the test is, I would say, for somebody that doesn't carry a gun for a living or doesn't really train a lot, it's probably pretty challenging for them. We have we we see that when we do our LTC classes here uh, in Texas. The, the the process is called license to carry. It's an LTC.
1: I I don't. I mean, I don't disagree with that. That it that, that is probably a very challenging test. But to me, that's a ringing endorsement of a of a need for more. It, it is. more intensive training and like I understand that the onus like that is not a priority for most people Mm -mm. even though the onus of getting training is on the individual license to carry yeah um, like it's not something that they're clearing their schedules to do no it's not at all
0: now here's so I'm tracking with both of your guys thought process. And let me let me tell you my theory. This is what my suggestion is to the US government. So if they're listening, you know, pay attention
1: right now. Yes. Well, you know, they are
3: because people will crucify you (laughs) on the internet for what you may or may not say. Don't
1: have a Tim Kennedy moment, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I try not
1: to. <laughs> Tim's like Tim's like still denying that he said that. Well, you guys clearly misunderstood what I said on Lance Armstrong's show when I said that I didn't think that anyone under twenty one should own a <laughs> rifle or a pistol. Yeah, and, you know, I, and he's I, like, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say <laughs> I'm that. I'm <laughs>
2: sorry for what you understood. <laughs> so
1: what? What my my plan
0: is an incentivized program. Incentivized programs are always going to produce pretty decent res- uh, pr- decent products. So, for instance. Um, three levels is all I'm talking about here. The first level is just what the state requires. You just want to have a license great. because what we've learned and what I've learned now in my position there at the range at Austin is that almost 50% or more of the people that get an LTC have really no interest in carrying on an everyday basis. They're, they're not. They're not going to really care. They just want that license as a.
1: I want it in my purse. Exactly. I want it in my center console. They want but, it
0: for those 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 times when they're like, you know what? Things don't feel right. I'm going to grab my gun. They want to just have that as, as that backup. So very few are actually carrying on an everyday basis. So the first the first tier is just, okay, state mandated, whatever the license, whatever your state requires for license, that's great. That's level one. For us, it's a six-hour class. That's it. Um, so, yearly? Hmm?
1: No, no, no. You're level one to six. Type of class. Class. Well, for yeah.
0: us, it's just the state requirement. Whatever your state requires, and our in our state, it's it's a minimum of four to a maximum of six hours. Okay, then to get to the level two, you have to take an additional forty hours of instruction, recognized instruction that is going to be designed around you know. The skill at arms, if you will,
1: is that accredited at a federal or state level.
0: I would say it should be nationally recognized, so that you could you can do this in all states,
1: basically. I really like so, that this conversation's going this direction, by the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so if, if if it was incentivized and and you you didn't have to go up a level, but if you wanted to, you gained greater freedoms to do things. So in other words, you were if you showed competency with forty extra hours of training related to this the, the skill at arms, then you should be given some sort of reward for that. In this case it might be you're able to carry uh, in places and locations that that other people can't, right? So like in a school exactly. in exactly schools are a good yes. one. That's that's like a big one. And then the top one, level three, would be an additional forty hours on top of that. So now you're talking eighty hours of training. So if somebody puts the time and energy to get eighty hours worth of training, they should be able to pretty much do whatever they want with the farm because they've demonstrated that they are a serious aficionado of the art and they can be trusted to go places and do things that others probably shouldn't. So and you,
1: those, those uh, essentially you would be required to do some sort of continued education. Exactly. Well, well
0: right? that's how it would all work in order for you to keep those quals, you have to show competency on a consistent basis. So you want to keep that. Right. That's
1: yeah. actually s- a super interesting approach. <laughs> I wrote a blog post about exactly what you're saying and it's been f- circling the drain for how many years now? Like the full two years. She, I don't remember. Yeah, what, we, we talked about a graduated, about. like a, a graduated, incentivized, like nationally recognized program. Well, uh, I
3: think the key there is that I, most people, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think most 2A supporters are like, fuck yeah, everybody should be able to carry a gun on an airplane. Wrong. Like, I, any reason.
1: law is an infringement. <laughs> That's
0: true. Right. It is. It's very true. I mean, right. there, there was well. the letter of the law. It was It was written. The
1: letter of the law says everyone can carry whatever the fuck they want wherever they want to carry it. Now, like, yeah. I agree with this. I also I, feel yeah. like it is It is reckless in the sense that these – and I, I, it, I believe in a living document. I also believe that, like, the idea of carrying whatever you own, wherever you want to go is okay in the sense when – it was written. We were a gun culture yeah, that was steeped exactly in firearms that we were people. Dude, were that's how we live firearms. and survive. People use firearms to protect themselves and to get their
3: food. Is that a real argument? People would make Is like you should. If, if you've never done anything wrong, you can carry a gun on an airplane. It should be cool.
1: I don't think that there's a problem. If law enforcement officer can carry guns on airplanes, then why shouldn't? A well, they, can't, they have to go through extra training. I was just going to say an extra training. Is no, no, no. Fine.
3: So that's kind of what I'm getting at is that it's like today. You don't see a whole lot of people lobbying for like I should be able to carry my gun on an airplane with no extra training. So I, it's yeah. you're not saying the incentivized program isn't forcing people to train. It truly is no, an incentivized program yeah, exactly. in that like cool. You want extra like extra shit like you want to carry a gun on a subway or an airplane. Exactly. Like, like go to this extra training and you could do it. It's, that's why it's
1: cool. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> rad. I, yeah. I my big thing is like obviously right. You can't force. You're right. You cannot force people to do training, <laughs> right? Because no, no, I love I the like,
3: idea that if, like if you're an American that hasn't done anything super wrong. You can walk into a gun shop and buy a gun. I love that in the idea of the original intent of yeah, you know, yeah, Keeping it down on oppressive governments, the whole idea there, sure. way back in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, with that I'm going to say shoot, two, David.
2: two really unpopular things. No, that's why you're here. One, I think <laughs> the idea of the letter of the law as that shitty document was written 200 years ago is absolutely absurd and preposterous. And two, this is I, why we have David. And two, <laughs> I think you should have to go through the NFA process for almost any firearm. Oh, so, wow.
1: Man, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard come from a self-proclaimed libertarian.
2: I am, I am absolutely no, he's not, a not, not a self-proclaimed yeah, yeah. libertarian. <laughs> no, well, no,
1: absolutely no. not. I, I, so no. the, the,
0: the problem that I have with your comment, Dave, is that the moment that you try to reinterpret that document, in this case, specific to the 2 A scenario, now you're reinterpreting all of them. It's a slippery yeah. slope that you go down. So I choose to look at that document at face value. Straight up just face value. And, and how does that apply towards today's modern world? Well, obviously we've, you know, freedom of speech was not back then did not, they did not envision fucking cell phones and computers being able to, to do what we're doing right now. But it should still be included in that sense. Just,
1: just I should still be able to motherfucker anybody I want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the, same thing,
0: the same thing. They should the, be able to
1: shoot me in the face the same, I mean, and if I can't the defend The reality myself, is that.
0: <laughs> and, and the second part, as far as the NFA, I don't know why you would want that. in The NFA, I'm 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 assuming that you would want that for greater scrutiny or control, which I'm vehemently against. I, I because again, like the way that Doug mentioned it was, it is the it's we're we're. We're trying to continue to instead of just interpreting it straight up and just saying, OK, here it is. We're continuing to add more law to something that's pretty straightforward, pretty black and white. But what happens is it's an emotional contents. People are like, oh, my God, everybody's going to go out and start killing. Well, that hasn't happened. I mean, what's happening right now is we're finding out that there's a lot of mentally unstable people that have decided to do crazy things. But we still this, this study that I was just referencing earlier in the podcast shows that we still in the free world. We're still ridiculously low on the on the number of deaths as a result of the same scenario. So it's not minus as, suicides. Yeah, it's there is way more. I mean, we got bigger fucking problems. I mean, we got big problems like obesity and all different types of chronic diseases that are killing our Americans faster and, and more efficiently than any fucking gun that we could ever produce. So before we go down that road, and we're gonna really talk about the safety and security of our of, of people, then we need to bring bring in. Front. Are, you,
1: are you proposing well, curious, that we invite I, obese people to a party and then go juicy whales on them? Is going I, going? I, <laughs> I'm confused here that, that
2: Jeff is proposing universal healthcare. And <laughs> it's, not <Yeah>. a <laughs> it's, it's like a no what are you well, as far so, as, so
3: David, I'm curious why you think the NFA process. What, what specifically? That's do you what, you what I was like wondering The wait times, the fingerprint card. I, I just want to hear it.
2: I, so listen, I'm torn. You, on and, it. Like, and to
3: be fair, Dave, you still have a CCW, right?
2: I dude, I have a yeah. I had a yeah, Minnesota yeah. carry. I had a I have a PA carry. Just yeah, um, because of gang gang. I flew gang, down gang. here <laughs> with you know, I flew down here with two ARs like one SBR and two cans and a pistol, you know, like I'm,
3: I just want to say that for context of people. Yeah,
2: totally. And, and Dave's
1: pro guns for himself, but not for
2: you. (laughs) (laughs) I already got mine. My my point of saying I brought two cans is like I went through that process and an SBR like multiple times, you know, and I just can't help but feel like it is actually too easy, like that. I can just walk into the gun shop and walk out. So, So my
3: question is, do you do you believe in the 2A in the sense of this thing was written so that at, in you know, the year 2500, the, the US citizens are going to overthrow their government? Or do you like, man, that's totally fucking irrelevant at
2: this point? I think at this point, it's totally so irrelevant. So here's the problem okay. with that so so I think that's where It's a irrelevant lot of us because totally of its existence. Disagree. That's
0: the hard part that you have wrapping your head around. It's irrelevant because it's successful.
1: Well, it's it. I, I, I would like to point out that it may not be as successful. successful as you think no. and well as a group as a table of guys who understand <laughs> what it looks like when a country votes from the rooftops. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like we have all spent a significant amount of time yes. in countries where the citizenry has decided. Fuck this. We're not taking it anymore. Or this country! going to grass off the roof. Like you're right, man. Those dudes have succeeded in disrupting the system of government and the steady flow of goods and services. And they have prevented the formation of meaningful governments in all of those countries, but they have not managed to cement a like a system that has peace and well-being for the general population. And so like when we say, well, those two No, when we say as Americans, like, well, you know, and and, dude, I mean, I totally feel you like I believe that the Second Amendment's purpose is to prevent tyrannical government. I feel like that is one of the purposes. Right. I also feel that if anyone pulls the pin on that fucking grenade, that you better just get ready for this whole fucking society that we know. No, no, it is a it is a
3: terrible idea. And I think that that's a big There's a lot of the two a three per crowd that like welcomes that right like the three per guys are like we're
1: all get and it's like
3: dude you don't want to go down that fucking rabbit hole. I hope Israel
1: rebuilds the temple so the final days will come. Right, and and that's a
2: good (laughs) argument though. There's an argument there that that the ability to do it is what prevents that that pin from being pulled. And and that that may be correct. I don't know. So that's 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 why I've I've looked at it from that
0: same perspective. It's like we we're sitting here with the privilege of being able to second guess it because it's currently it's there. Like if we were to no, a,
3: that's a great return, argument, I think. Yeah. if
0: we were to return to 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 colonial days and and they rewrote the Constitution without the two A in it. Then we probably would. We probably wouldn't even be sitting here. I mean, I don't know because we are never going to know. So, the it's, per, the well, something that it's
3: we never talk about either. Usually assured destruction yes, in it, our country. It, yeah. it, it, it may be. Like
2: you <laughs> may not be wrong on that. I, that's
0: my. That's my level of frustration. That's why I, I deal with. You know, like for me in this case, like how I interpret it is just at face value. Simple as that. I try not to get too wrapped around the axle. Try not to go down that rabbit hole because nothing good's going to come of it. I, I, I believe that right now the current system in place is a, is a functioning system. It's got holes like everything else. Look at our fucking borders. I mean, Jesus. Well, I
3: don't, I don't think that the, uh, the system in place is quite as well functioning as you do, but it, it is a system, right? It, there, is, there are things in
0: place. Yes. Um, I mean, you have to put it in perspective. We have more firearms sold in our country than the entire world combined. So when you put that level of volume on something, there's always going to be, oh yeah, there's always going to be problems with it. But as if you were to look at it from a success versus unsuccessful, it's hugely successful at what it does. It does a good job of rooting through the masses. Is it going to catch everybody? No, it's not. That's why I'm multi tier. I'm not, not going back I'm, to our thing, but like having a layered approach towards that, given the, the, the gun store owner the ability to say, you know what, you're a little sketchy. No, I'm not going to sell it. And giving them the right to refuse business without it becoming a fucking constitutional issue is probably where we need to be going in that sense. Give those folks a little bit more, a little bit more ability to do something rather than it be, you know, like you're denying me my right. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that you can do that. You can do your right someplace else.
1: Oh, Dave's pulling up statistics. Well, so here's hey, (laughs) you know how you were like statistics are bullshit. Well, Well, so here's here's the issue that I
3: have with a lot of the gun crime statistics is if you look at violent crime, is I think that's the one you would have to look at because it's like, well, if there's more stabbings per capita in another country than shootings in America per capita, the gun the gun crime thing becomes irrelevant if you don't have the firearms. Unfortunately,
1: like no matter how the we want to paint it those numbers really don't line up per capita like it really doesn't the problem is that that the anti-gun movement in the United States insists on including suicide numbers yeah, in, absolutely in, in their gun crime numbers which I mean what like I don't 60%. actually you have it pulled up it's roughly 60% yeah yeah, or suicides. And like, I mean, there is a valid argument to be said for maybe some of those people wouldn't have killed themselves. Like the, the reason men are more successful at killing themselves than women is because most of the time they use guns. They have access to something that's effective and and doesn't require a lot of second thought. I you mean, know. but here's that doesn't, doesn't give sh- a lot of second chances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's,
0: not, that's not entirely true. But here's the thing. The uh, like, if, if you haven't had a chance to to research this gentleman, his name is John Lott. And he wrote a gun. Or I'm sorry. He wrote a book. Gosh, it might have been a decade ago. Called "More Guns, Less Crime." Groundbreaking. It'll change the way you look at everything with regards to guns. Because he was a first of all, he was he's a professor. I believe professor at MIT, or he was very liberal in his um, views at the time. Decided that he wanted to take his strengths, which were in statistical analysis, and prove that the two A community was wrong in their beliefs that he was going to go in and start evaluating data at a scientific level and be able to present it to the public and say, see, you guys are all wrong. What he found was just the opposite. And he is one of the strongest two a supporters th- that we know right now. And because of that, because of that, exactly. Because he yeah. was, he, he used science, data, math to come back at all of this and, and time and time and time and time and time again, the majority of the statistics that are pushed out there, by, you know, pretty much any of the media is wrong or they're using incorrect data or they're shaving statistics like including suicides. Well, in it's, on, it's on both sides. It is, tomorrow, right? But that's yeah. why I like listening to him and, and reading some of his stuff, um, because he's he's completely objective in that sense. He just goes back because it's his reputation on the line as far as being objective with the numbers. And he's very good at at refuting.
1: Dinesh D'Souza. He sure is objective with his numbers. Yeah,
0: he's, (laughs) it's it's a good, it's the reason why I feel like it's valuable to take in his viewpoint is because so much of some of the things that we're talking about right now, like, again, the inclusion of suicides, um, removing guns from the platform and just making it about violence. And when you do, you open it up. You're going to find right now that shit, people are bludgeoned to death a hell of a lot more than they are shot to death. And when it comes to suicides, the fact of the matter is, is that there are still plenty of ob- opportunities for them to commit suicide outside of guns. And gun usage in suicides is high, but there's still plenty of other ones. In fact, the number one cause of suicides, if I'm not mistaken, is overdosing. Overdosing is the number one because
1: Did, uh, I'm- Yeah. Did you, I uh, just out of curiosity, Jeff, this is a totally, this is not a change of subject, but it is a curious thing. Are you, uh, are, this is a test, Hi. are seals as morbid as green berets? <laughs> because when I, was, <laughs> when I was coming through the Q course, and then, I mean, as recently as my most recent deployment, we like to play games like you know, like we're going to have an academic discussion on how many people you think you could kill with a hammer in a closed room, right? Like yeah, there's 50 people, a in this 10 by 10 room. All you have is a ball peen hammer. How many people do you think you can kill before someone brings you down? Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you guys have conversations like that, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I'm con- I'm convinced just <laughs> yeah, those professional marines would never have this discussion. <laughs> how many how many third graders can you kill with a samurai sword before they bring you down? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And uh, no, I am convinced that I could kill more people in a fifteen by fifteen room with a ball peen hammer than I could with a pistol. Well, you're really shitty with a pistol, to be fair. That is, but it's a small room and there's a lot of people packed in there. Yeah. So I mean, I have to rely on fine motor skills, and with a hammer, I can just get going.
0: Well, (laughs) I I agree. I think a, a hammer
1: is an incredible
0: tool. What was I watching yesterday? Oh. I was watching a documentary on the uh, Chosin uh, Reservoir and I'm watching some Marines climb a hill and they're all in their winter gear, which just when we thought it sucked for us in the cold, holy shit. No, they had
3: like peacoats and shit.
0: So I'm watching some Marine climb a hill. He's got his M1 carbine in his hand and tucked in his belt. I caught a glimpse of it. I rewound the video just so I could double check it it's a claw. It's a hammer. (laughs) I don't think it was a claw hammer. I think it was like a ball peen hammer, but it's
1: a hammer and I'm like right the fuck on call me. Geppetto of Korea. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna make you into a real boy it's
0: true you know there's plenty of ways i mean we've been killing people with rocks and sticks for a very long time a lot of these new tools it's almost as simple as childbirth
1: almost i mean it is almost as simple you're right (laughs) (laughs) look at that it all comes back it all comes back see that the circle of life
3: I brought us back to Doug eating placenta.
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we've covered a lot of bases today. Man, I was feeling I was
3: feeling
0: bloody <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness if you can get your hands on on that book more guns less crime and if you, uh, but here's the thing I will David's already ordered it. It is a very it is a very hard book to read because it is so grounded in numbers and graphs
2: yeah, and dry. charts which well, also means it's I'm curious. Probably entirely bullshit yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, David, <laughs> while you're Googling stuff, does anybody know how many uh, background checks are done a year where some guy goes to buy a gun and the gun shop's like, hey, check it out, man. You're a felon. Yeah, I can't it, sell you this fucking dude, gun. Or just happened. how many gun shop owners are like, no, dude, you look super sketchy. You cannot buy a gun from me. So I'm, I'm, I'm just curious what the numbers are. No one's collecting e- that. Data. I don't
0: think that data exists. Period? But I can tell you don't you think from, it exists from, from our perspective, because you know, we have a retail guns, gun side to our indoor range. And we have we have turned away a few people uh, for that reason. Um, You know, we've no. A friend of mine owns a
3: shop in in Phoenix, uh, Freddie at Robar, and he's like, he asked his uh, ATF rep. He said, "Hey, if somebody comes in here that's sketching me out behaviorally, can I turn them them?" down?" Yeah, Yeah. and he said, "You know, if it's behaviorally based, yes, you can. You know, has you have, have to have a real reason."
0: There, there, there has to be, and that's what I'm saying, if we can put a little bit more authority and the, the point of sale, then you're probably going to see some. Well,
3: change. you're allowed to, right? You can refuse to sell to somebody that you think is. <sighs>
0: yes and no. I mean, you, you, you got it. A, it's a, again, it's a slippery slope. Like We're very careful about how we do it. You have to be within the like, like We are a target. Literally, because we're in Austin. We're an indoor range. We have a gun store. Uh, we've had reporters come in and try to circumvent the law as far as purchasing is, is concerned. So we have to follow, you know, we follow it very strictly as a result. Uh not that we wouldn't in the past, but like we we're like overly strict on it because we we're like, all right, one of these assholes is probably doing an undercover piece and they're just looking for the slightest little right nugget to lock onto and whatnot. So um it sucks because of that. I really do feel like, um, you know, we, we are just, it's a black and white issue to some extent, you know, like, but there's also limitations to what we can do. Like if we, if, if we run, you know, if we go through like here in Texas, if you have a license to carry an LTC, there's no wait period because the license yeah. to carry came with a federal background investigation or federal background check. Excuse me. North Carolina's the same yeah, way, which yes. I think is, a do you most, have a wait period
3: otherwise? Are.
0: Uh, there, I believe the wait period is the length of time that it takes to get the approval from the powers to be. So you have to wait. Oh, uh, okay. You,
3: when you fill out your background right, check, so when you paperwork, fill out the paperwork, right, right, right.
0: we have to get on the phone and call in and yep. the, the call center can be inundated. And it, you know, a lot of times it's like, all right, we're going to call back 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, an hour later. We're like, okay, we'll call tomorrow.
1: Are you talking about regular right. purchases? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just regular. So, so, like non really weird purchases because the regulation is also that even if you get a defer like you yeah, get defer, yeah. you get deferred and they tell you like that there's a mandatory wait period. Is it 48 hours? I think
2: Uh,
0: it differs with each state
2: a deferment. It's a it's a it's something like as long as it takes, but there's an expiration period, which I think is what you're getting and when you hit the
1: expiration period. It doesn't matter if you were approved or not. You can go pick up your gun.
2: Yeah, it it fails open. Yeah, the
1: ATF doesn't have to call you back to tell you you're a go. If they tell you that you're a hold, then you just wait. And at the end of that period, the guns yours. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm not right. entirely yeah, sure. It fails yeah. Were I'm you able to find sure. the numbers
2: on denials, David? Uh, No, I wasn't. Um, nobody's nobody's keeping track. Of you that, know, though. well, it's so, so actually have to that brings level. up a really interesting topic is that there's specific legislation that prevents the feds from keeping numbers on a lot of things. Oh, gun-related? Really? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. No, I knew that like yeah. agenda based. And I, I think that's a huge problem. Like you know, I, I mean, I could I could do a podcast on evidence based, but like let's be at least somewhat evidence based and not just turn a blind eye to the numbers because we might not like how they turn out. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a huge fucking problem.
3: Well, what I was going to get at is it's it's super easy for me to go or for you to go buy a gun, but like you're a law abiding citizen. Yeah, yada, 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 right? Like you meet all the criteria. And so is, is that part of it? Um, and the reason I ask is I had a reporter who there was a whole a, there were a lot of ironies to this the the conversation. But long story short, the gist of what they were trying to tell me was that a 15 year old felon could walk into a gun store in America and legally purchase a firearm. That's and bullshit. I was like, dude, it's not true. And he's Ugh. like, well, and he he went to this. Um, it was a i think a, i shouldn't say that that it was 60 Mother minutes Jones. but it, 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 i think it, <laughs> i think it was a 60 minutes documentary and they sent some young kid into a um gun show to buy a gun. Maybe it wasn't sixty minutes. Maybe I'm butchering it a little but Basically, they sent this kid who I think actually was a I don't think he was a felon, so they wouldn't be whatever it was. He looked. He, old,
1: did he look older?
3: Yeah, so he goes into this gun gun show and they're like the gun show loophole. He went in and bought a gun from a, a, pri- private, a private person division. in this gun show yeah. and they painted it as like at these gun shows licensed dealers are selling right. Yada, I mean, yada, so yada. The
1: problem is that you're essentially talking about a gray market at that point. So like no private individual in America has their rights infringed upon in a way that like hey man like I can't I cannot make you follow the law in that sense right like if we caught right. you selling a gun to an underage felon then yes we're going to throw you in the jailhouse but the reality is like it's the same thing as selling drugs yeah. or any other gray market black market item like you don't the government may have laws on the books for it but police have more important things to do than try to police up well, a right, and it's like how do you like, so. like
3: the, if this kid that is an underage felon went and committed a crime that that's not an issue of like laws on the books for background checks it's like dude like if, if that underage felon went and bought a gun from a fellow underage felon like it's the same transaction taking place it, it,
0: it really is i mean and the harsh reality is that criminal enterprise has made it a point to not Follow the law. So purchasing a gun legally is not high on their criterion, as far as right. you know, their checklist for before somebody they. Somebody should out.
1: just teach that kid how to make a law enforcement letterhead, and then he wouldn't have to deal. That's with another it. <laughs> That's another possibility. That's <laughs> another possibility. He could purchase machine guns directly from Heckler and Koch.
3: Yeah. Uh, no, but that's kind of what I was getting at. Is if you are, if you fit the criteria of somebody who can buy a gun legally, it's super easy. Um, but if you're not, I'm curious how hard, it, like, how hard is it? to go buy a gun in the US
2: if you well, so two things one that there we know that there's a lot of um, databases that don't connect to other databases, right? right? right. So yeah, that yeah. And, like, and, and that should like there I think was the, the crazy one, Air Force guy that's, the yeah, Air Force. Yeah. That, that's the one yeah. that
1: happened here in Texas. Are we talking about mental health databases?
2: Well, that's the next point I was going to bring up is like mental health. I think is this huge red herring in the gun debate and that like people want to talk about mental health to kind of like steer the topic. Um, but I think it presents a really tricky problem because number one, you can't connect a mental health database to just a hipaa to, man, like yeah. bigger picture. You can't connect mental health to rights at all, like second amendment aside, like right, I, right. As, as soon as we start even going down the road of being like, okay, we've decided that you have this this mental health issue or maybe you said like, hey I, you know, I'm struggling with something. Now your rights are limited, right? That's it's a Huge well, problem. Well,
0: I, I completely agree with you there, but point to the amendment that is supported by that theory by your by do, by that point you, you mean? just made. Which 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 amendment? Which what what part of the Constitution? Well, it's an inherent right to privacy. But, is... but but what what my point is? Point to the part in the Constitution that specifically targets that concept, that thought process, mental health or privacy. Yeah. What do you mean, mental health? Yeah. Well, what you're talking about right now? Yes. I'm sorry, the mental health issue. Point to where in the Constitution, it, it actually protects that.
2: I, I, don't, I don't know that it, I, I'm certain that it does <laughs> That's doesn't. my
0: point. It doesn't. And so here's the thing. We have to work with the known. So right now we do know that the Constitution protects the Second Amendment. We do know that. It's in there. So we have to work from the known. So my point is that I believe we do need to be talking about mental health in the, in the entire violent, but we can't relate it to just gun violence. It has to be violence in general. Oh, yeah, I totally. Agree. So my, but my concern, my
1: mental my, institutions need to be brought back and involuntary involuntary <laughs> commitment, com- commitment. But
0: my point in that sense and is like, well, so it's actually
1: the, the fourth amendment
3: is your uh, the right of the people to secure their persons, houses, papers, effects, illegal against unreasonable searches and <laughs> yes. seizures. Right? But so, but,
0: but is that an illegal search and seizure when? So my my point is someone
1: that someone breaks into your medical records.
3: Yeah, so I don't I would know say that's, your, your papers. That's,
1: I, th- I would say that's an illegal search
3: and seizure of your papers if the state uh, is taking your medical documents like that.
0: Well, I, I this is my point.
3: I'm not a lawyer, I though, so I don't, I could be don't know. But what off. we do know,
0: what is pretty <laughs> clear, is the two A. We do know that that's a known. So my point is that we need to work from the knowns towards the unknowns. Yeah, but HIPAA,
3: your medical records are... Con, are constantly uh, constitutionally protected in some regard,
0: right? They, well, I don't know exactly because I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I did sleep in a Holiday Inn. This yeah, conversation, shit, this David.
1: conversation turned into some fucking barracks house. Yeah, yeah, lawyers. Lawyers. <laughs> like, like, real quick, <laughs> like, if if I, I do in know. Charge. I kn- I know that the Twenty Seventh Amendment protects my right to stroke my dick and poop. <laughs> but,
0: but what I'm saying, and the reason why I'm trying to bring this up, is because I do feel like we need to have the conversations about mental health. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what it's going to lead to. I don't know. I don't know what's well, I going think to what David
3: saying is you can't plug that database like the mental health data. Is that a fucking thing? That's not a thing. I don't right. even know. No, if it is. List, there's no list so of learnings so anywhere. You
1: essentially have to like, when you're asked in your form, right? Be, have you been so, adjudicated? So like, ment- yeah, You've yeah, been yeah, adjudicated yeah. mentally
2: unfit yeah. like I, you have to self report. Right? That's right? Yeah. different though. That's 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 like another that's like another standard. That's not the same as going to a psychologist and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm feeling really depressed." No, no, I
1: understand that. And and your your concern is that when we open the door for medical care professionals to check a block that <sighs> says this person shouldn't have a gun like that opens the door for people's political, personal political motivations to drive gun ownership. Right. So here's my point in
0: all of this is that I believe we do need to have a conversation about mental health
1: arguing against, but I also believe
0: very strongly that we do need to have safeguards in place for the exact concept and point that you were trying to make. The, The reason why I say both of those is that most of these mass killings that are grabbing the attention of the media right now are all a result of a medically, you know, a mentally unbalanced individual. So, how do we go about solving that? I don't know, but we're never going to find out if we don't start talking about it. And that doesn't just because we start talking about it doesn't mean that we're just sliding our rights away. We're giving them away. It means that we're opening them up to dialogue and discussion to kind of figure out. Okay, well, what can we do? What can we do within the framework of the law? What can we do that potentially could be. Uh, questionable, like okay, well this this is questionable right now. It's not we can't currently do that because according to the way the law is written, that would be a violation of the law. So I think that's important that we all understand that we're all sitting here, like you were saying, we're all dancing around. Like, we don't know what the fuck is we're at, right? What's right? What's legal? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it is people don't want to
3: really research or ask. Like you know, we should have a table of lawyers if we really wanted to debate it. But the other issue is that you don't have the person. In David's seat, sitting across the guy in Jeff's seat yeah. very often, and actually going, okay, this guy's got a, a point, or he wants to think, explain to me why he thinks the NFA process should apply to all firearms. Right. Most guys who've been a guest speaker at an NRA event wouldn't even entertain that idea. Right. right? right. They're going to get into a shouting match over you're wrong. The constitution pr- protects well, it. And the other guy's going to go, well, you're wrong. There's kids dying. I
2: just want to yeah. note that I'm, I heard Jeff arguing for universal mental health. care. Also, <laughs> <being included>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard from that. That's, and I agree. That's, well, that's <laughs> why I threw that in there is that we need to have the it. conversation.
0: I'm not, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know I don't know if it would help. That's the other thing. I mean, we could go down this road and find out none of that shit works. Because again, well, criminals are still fucking getting guns and shooting people. So I was just there's saying, that. there's
3: a lot of guns in the U.S. So a lot of people don't even realize if you made guns, gun sales and manufacture illegal tomorrow in the U.S., we would still Dude, have a shitload of guns and ammo for a long it's, time. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's. You know, again, that's not that's not, not that's not addressing the real issue. I, I think the real issue is a societal issue and and i think that there's i think there's things that we can do as a society that would help to manage
1: it didn't we say the same thing in afghanistan like it's a gener- it's a gener- it'll take three generations yeah, to solve this problem pretty
0: much and, and i think that's well, pretty much the the russians time.
1: only stuck around for two we've got to stick around for three yeah ga team
0: but um you're right. I, I want to it,
1: point out that a lot of divergent views represented in this table are proof that people can be dear friends despite having <laughs> polarly <laughs> opposite views on things. I mean,
0: dude. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about having an open dialogue and discussion is that you don't have to agree, you don't have to like it, but it's it. Like I've always being in the, my position, I've been targeted, and and I've had to subject myself to a lot of craziness. And my, my thought process is if you really want to engage, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. But the first thing that I tell people is like, Hey, listen, I am going to tell you straight up. I can be wrong in my viewpoint, in my position. And I'm willing to admit that if you can present to me a sound argument that shows that I am wrong and I'd be willing to change my mind. Now, if I make that statement, are you willing to make the very same statement back towards me? Because if you are not, then there's no point in us having a discussion because you're not open to the dialogue. You're not open to the discussion. And that's a hard thing for a right. lot of people to do is to be willing to be in, in that sense. Hey, cause everybody, nobody wants to look bad. Nobody wants to look like they're wrong. Well,
3: especially when you talk about a spokesperson for, true. You know, the Republican Party or the NRA where they're like my job for 200 grand a year is to, is know to, this to shit. push this forward, whether I believe it or not. I mean, they took our there's people that literally say that right. They're like I like yeah. my job isn't to have a discussion. My job is to make ben you Shapiro. look like shit. Ben. He literally Shapiro. has said it. Ben Shapiro has said in person. If you want me to refer to you as uh, a he or she, I don't care. I will, but my job is to argue against what is not the party line and he said it very more very eloquently, but that was basically what he was saying is like my job's to argue whether that's my personal viewpoint or not. I'm the mouthpiece of you know, whoever I'm speaking for the
1: right wing or whatever do the do fuck do you want to call do right news rock headed marine interprets bench <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so, but but that's the perfect example. Doug obviously heard the same thing I did. We talked about it. Was, was why, yeah, it was why I was laughing about it where I'm like I'm like, hey man, you know what? I might not believe this in private, but what I'm going to hold I'm going to hold this line until death because that's what I get paid to hold.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. like, I think you grow more, you, 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 you gain a lot more knowledge when you can be that type of an individual that sits at the table. You may look at accru- Jeff,
1: how am I supposed to have a meaningful conversation with someone who wants to violate my constitutional rights? <laughs> well, I was just about to
0: say, you can be sitting at a table with the, with the person on the opposite end of the table who
1: literally wants to eviscerate you yet you still yep. I hate them yeah they're the worst yeah. we cannot engage in meaningful dialogue well, oh you, dude there's it, it,
3: people that'll they'll literally beat us up for having David Delanavi on the podcast why'd and... you have
1: that liberal communist <laughs> on there
3: <laughs> dude they will literally say well you gave that guy a platform to talk about you know It's gun control and pushing a gun. It's like medicine. Okay. Well, don't listen to our fucking podcast then, dude.
0: (laughs) It's that simple. It's really like, please point to the person that held a gun to your head to make you force, forced you to listen to this podcast. Who did that?
1: Because again, people need this this man's divergent opinion challenges. My narrowly held exactly. (laughs) And
0: my head is about to explode and I cannot tolerate that. You know, that's my point. It's like, I've changed my viewpoints on a few things, maybe more than a few. And i I, I tell you, man, I was a in the wool fan of isolationism, oh, man. I was just like, fuck those people. Man, that
1: Ron, that Ron Paul. Do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck those people, man. Ah, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. And then, you know, you, and, but then you start traveling the world. You start seeing things from a different perspective. You start maturing as a, as an intellect. If I can say that, and I can say that because I just did. And then all of a sudden you're like being from
1: Texas, you're authorized.
0: (laughs) I am. It says it right here on my phone, but uh, then you can start to all of a sudden change your viewpoints. And I think that's another problem that we have within this industry. And I shouldn't say industry society is the ability to change your viewpoint. Like all of a sudden you're like, all right, well you can't change because you made that statement how many years ago and you can't Mm -hmm. go back on your word because then if you do, then what else, what else are you going back on? I'm like, well, but, we but how much of that record. is
2: because of these bad faith assholes who go on TV, though, and argue in bad faith and and, you know, give facts that they know uh, full I well. Bullshit yeah. And spin the fuck out of it. But and, do
1: they? Are they lying to themselves? Have they been lying to themselves for so long? They actually believe it.
0: That's a possibility.
3: I think I'm, a lot of I think a lot of the more successful ones know that it's bullshit. Yeah. You have have to because you're going to go look for a statistic. So my my sister is a uh, hardcore vegan like ultra left wing and loves to argue. So her and I, we don't really argue anymore, but we'll debate and go back and forth and stuff. But luckily, since we... uh, We'll sit there and bust out the laptop and be like, "Okay, you cited this study. I'm gonna Google this shit like right yeah. here, right now." And Absolutely. it goes both ways because sometimes I'm like, "I'm pretty sure I read a study that says X," and she's googling it, she's like, "Nope, this this body has this study that says Y," and you're fucking wrong. And I'm like, "Well, all right, I guess I am wrong. I'll quit citing that bullshit study <laughs> that I never read." <laughs> I mean, it, but it, she she goes the other way too, where I'll show her like, "Hey, there's this you know this thing that NPR put out." And it shows why you're wrong. It's just like, well, fuck, I guess I am wrong. See, that's what I'm talking about.
0: It's like that type of growth is what I'm talking about. Cause you're a better person for it, right? You're a better person because now you can, and, and it, I mean, we all know this. The only way we got better as individuals is because we pushed the limits and we failed.
1: And as we failed, we learned. And, and as we, we learned, in, we changed. possible for us to be fucked. Up.
3: Well,
0: and because yeah. we bought soft lead supplements. Oh, oh yeah. well, those uh, oh, were those, were, were were those the placenta induced yeah, products or non placenta? the
3: placenta induced supplements. I don't know if you guys know this, but all of our protein <laughs> it's a <real> <laughs> placenta
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every one of you's been eating placenta. Oh, oh my god, I love it. That's so awesome. <laughs> Disclaimer: but, n- Views and opinions expressed by Doug on this podcast are not representative of the management We actually need to make got contractors, so I mean, we can't be In held
3: all honesty, for I feel like bullshit. that's
0: a fantastic. That to me is like true growth as an individual. You know, like you can when you can admit that you're wrong, or when you can learn on your
1: own or through the help of others, or or say you don't know. Yeah, because, <laughs> dude, I mean, honestly, being able to say you don't know is something that's really most people. Dude,
0: that's what my shirt says on the back of my shirt. Knowing, you know, not knowing is true knowledge. That's the key that I try to, because
1: some Dalai Lama shit there. Uh, yeah. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> well, one on of shirt. the things that I struggle <laughs> with is when I have new students come to class and I try to, t- one of the biggest things that we have to deal with is the fear of the not knowing and fear of the unknown. So fear of not knowing is mainly male centric. Guys are afraid of not knowing. They don't want to look bad in front of other guys or other girls or whatever the case might be. So they, refuse to kind of change or adapt or learn fear of the unknown is typically more women centric because they're they're not sure what to expect and as a result they typically are tentative about approaching things so within the gun industry we see both of these angles coming uh, at them and i'm not saying that you can't switch and go back and forth but predominantly that's what we see so i have no idea where i was going with all of this but i had a good point damn it I'm surprised to hear Jeff
2: talking about toxic masculinity right now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Listen here you feminist. <laughs> I
1: was expecting to use. A different I mean, that's F-word.
2: it's true though. It's absolutely true and it's cultural. It you is know? like it's yes, it's men, well, but the, it's men in our culture it, like that's not every culture. Well, it's like
3: well, the, one to, of the to hardest... be fair. We don't want to go too far the other way.
2: What other, well, I know what, what what I know other way? I don't
1: give a fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know what I know. Cause I feel it. That's
1: right. Or, you know, I know that it, an anti penis is weird <laughs> and I don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, it's frustrating because
0: it's one of the huge barriers to entry to some extent, huge barriers to growth and learning and improving. And, For and sure. I see it and we, we have strategies on how we manage that and how we, how we try to work this work the system, if you will, because ultimately, you know, as, so, an, as an educator, that's all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I want you, to, it's like, we call it the Midas touch. I want you to leave better than what you came here with. Whatever that was.
2: It's so true though, like in terms of learning, nobody wants to suck. No. Nobody wants to look no. bad. And you can't learn if you, Dude. you don't suck at some point. Like you're, you're going to, it's, but everybody wants to be super cool the first day.
0: Nobody wants to be, nobody wants, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, nobody wants to look bad. Nobody's willing to be vulnerable. And, and actually, I mean, every one of us sitting here, when we first started our careers, we sucked at everything you know, nobody was born. I still, I still suck at everything. <laughs> like, I just teed that off for you. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> fucking Brent. So I'm always like, guess what? My fucking sunshiny personality is what keeps people coming back. <laughs> Brent's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. You know, and I, my biggest
0: word of encouragement to those folks that are on the fence about trying to, you know, educate themselves, whether it be shooting or anything else like that is that you've, you've got to, You've got to be willing to, to be open to that. You've got to put, put yourself in that, un, uh, that awkward position. Like, I, I mean, how many, you know, learning a new trade, doing something different or new is, is scary. And it because it, it revolves around change. It revolves around the, the, you know, we, we like to keep things, the status quo for a reason, cause it's comfortable and we don't like to be uncomfortable, but like we had, I'm sure you guys have a similar phrase you know, we're not really living unless we're outside of our comfort zone. We're not really training unless we're outside of our comfort zone. We're not really at our best unless we're outside that comfort zone. And, and I try to encourage people to take that on for themselves because as soon as you can, man, the world just opens up and you're like, oh shit, right on.
3: Yeah, Doug always says fucking driving and shooting are the three things every man is best at.
1: Every, every man thinks he's best. Uh, and, and, well, that's, that's an important qualification. And continually disappointing all other participants in said activities. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I can't, no one fucks as good as I do. Mm, my hand
0: knows. <laughs> trust me, I'm, a, I'm an expert in this. But, um, but
1: it's true. No one finishes faster than me.
0: I don't think it's. Supposed to, I don't think that's really a race. I'm not sure. It's,
1: it's always, always a race, Jeff.
0: Well, I'm not going to argue with you there. But if you're not first, you're last. That's true.
1: Jeff's just trying to win brownie points with his next lover. <laughs> not, not me. I'm Jeff Gonzalez. I last for hours, <laughs> and I, I always place the lady first. Wait a minute. What? All right. Well, on that, should we end on that? <laughs> What the (laughs) orgasm, I think it's a myth. The female orgasm is a myth, much like the clitoris.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) I'm going to just start saying random things (laughs) at that one. Well, I was going to tell
3: you to plug your socials, Jeff, but I think Doug made us cut the podcast short. No way. That stuff is all socially acceptable. Are you leaving it in there? All right, Jeff, plug your socials. Okay. So uh,
0: website is tridentconcepts.com. Oh God. My uh, Facebook page is I think, let me look. I don't even know. That's how bad it is. I don't even know. It's uh, my Facebook page is Jeffrey L Gonzalez, and then my Instagram I think is jl underscore Gonzalez.
2: Boom, Jeff. Uh, I just because I don't know like, and I'm sure there are people out there who don't know what types of training do you actually do. Like, should if I'm not an operator, should I look you up? So yeah, absolutely. I mean, our first of all, it's a great question, and I would say that our our
0: training programs are pretty diverse. So whether whatever skill level that you have, uh, we have something for you. So that's one of our things is that we try to accommodate the various skill levels that are out there. So I do work from you know uh, tooth to tail, if you will, from a new shooter to a seasoned shooter, we work on that. We teach primarily weapons and tactics. Right now, what we're really known for, what we're doing a lot of work in is the concealed carry market. That's where we're really kind of expending uh, a lot of our time and
2: energy. Cool, man. Thanks. I'll look you up next time I'm in Austin. I'll do that for sure.
4: Yeah.
3: David, you want to plug your socials?
2: Uh, Sure. Yeah, you can find me at uh, DellaNave.com DDN on Twitter. Don't, actually, don't go to my Twitter. It's my just Twitter. All super When's the last
3: time you tweeted? Super,
2: super. super liberal, super liberal, shit. <laughs> liberal anarchist shit. Um, and <laughs> is DD, it really? DDN. Yeah, oh yeah it is super. Sure. Liberal. I wanna, d-
1: David is literally one of like three people I follow on Twitter, just because every time he posts something, I go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DDN3D on
2: Instagram. I've been doing a lot more with Instagram. I'm yeah. Oh, dude, that's really it. all I do work on is,
1: is Instagram. I'll have to check that out, too. But Graham's fun. All my bikini photos are there on Instagram.
2: I'm going there right now.
1: Look, you should it. Do it, homie. <laughs> I'm, I'm going there right. Every I'm once in a while, I
2: flip it through my feed, and there's a picture that I'm like, "How did this get in here?" And it's Doug's wife. Yep. Every <laughs> time, <It's like> <laughs> Doug <laughs> Doug is
1: posting pictures of his wife. Exactly. Yeah. Totally inappropriate Some, pictures of his not wife.
2: Inappropriate. There's no nips and no lips. <laughs> Listen, man. It's, <laughs> it's not, those, that's that, that's a good rule. Those are good rules. Those are good <laughs> rules.
0: Laid
1: okay. down by her, I'm sure. Jeff, I'm super glad that you came on this podcast. Uh, this is Hopefully, you hit record the last this time.
0: One. I am hoping, I'm looking at it right now because I'm paranoid as fuck about this. I, I have one hour and 41 minutes right now recorded. Oh, wow. Dude, yeah, we have a really right. yeah. good
1: length podcasts. Hour and a half? Yeah. Well, yeah. Much longer than any romantic encounter a woman might have with me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh,